Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. Um, Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited to talk to my guest today. He is a pro and I am going to school, but the cool kind of school. So who is this guy? Who is he? Well, he's a strategic advisor, a podcaster, a thought leader in the retail space. Some might call him a retail wizard. He was the Rethink Retail top retail influencer in 2021 and 2022. Uh, that word there is influencer. <laughs> and then uh, his shows, he shows out the wazoo, producer and co-host of This Week in Innovation, love that word, in the Third Eye Podcast Network, strategic advisor, retail at the Third Eye Advisory, strategic advisor at Comterra Pricing Platform. Jeff Roster, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Casey. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, you're a big guy and, and you've got Physically, a lot of things yes, going on. Physically, yes, but I want to get smaller. That's the whole point. I'm, to, I'm, yeah, you know, well, I'm coming down, way so hopefully I'm going to be a medium-sized like, guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, your intro keeps getting bigger and hopefully there you, you keep getting personally smaller. <laughs> that's the plan. That's, the, that's what to wish people in the holidays, right? May your <laughs> intro grow, grow larger and your body smaller. <laughs> that that is that's that's good. That's good media right there. I, I'm stealing that. You better you better get that on Twitter today. Wait, wait, I'm stealing TM. that going forward. I gotta, yeah, publish this <laughs> quick. Let's go live. <laughs> oh anyway, man, sorry. Well, I am so excited. We you know we almost got into the show beforehand, and we had to stop ourselves and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. We gotta we gotta start this and hit record." Um, do you ever have that experience too, where you're just in the moment? And so I talk to a ton of startups. My gig is to to talk. Uh, this week, innovations targeted at the startup world, uh, or or press, or analysts, or people that they can speak about the trends in retail. Um, the show's really not targeted towards like the the bigger players. It's really to give a voice to the whole world of innovation. And I always want to do a, a pre call with them. One because I'm interested. Two, I want to make sure that they have good audio um, and you know, they have a story to tell. And, and you see, I just I throw out the question. Sometimes I'll pre I'll pre pre uh, not pre brief but but you know give the hey here's what I want to understand and these guys spring up boom right off the bat they're into it oh no no stop because I want it fresh because it sounds good and you know so 100% and it's i don't know my gig it's kind of if i'm trying to understand a company i mean i i want i want them talking i want to i want to listen to it as long as it's fresh so yeah it's definitely definitely a, a challenge that i have on you know throwing podcasting into the world of of being an analyst yeah, especially when your guest is spring-loaded. It's absolutely crazy. And I know yeah. you're spring-loaded to answer this next question, which is our first question. We, we kind of gave you a little, little preview there, people, of what's going to go on here. But, but really, you know, my question to you, Jeff, you know, you know, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. So I already kind of I already tipped the, the my uh, hand a little bit. I, my my job is to talk to the startup world um, to get inside uh, those companies. So uh, by definition, almost anybody that is crazy enough to leave a a nice safe job and go do something entrepreneurially are interesting. I have not met one, and I literally mean that I've not met one that doesn't have an interesting story to say. So my I guess if it's a secret, what I've found out is ask ask a single sentence question and then shut up get out of the way 
I've always talked when I was when I was you know a working analyst at Gartner and IHL. Um, I always my tagline always was let the data be the star. You know, if you've got good data, present it and then just get out of the way. Um, you don't have to. You know, you used to drive my my uh, my my folks at it it. Uh, my previous employers crazy because like, well, talk about the data. Well, why would I talk? The, the data's there. Show the show the slide. And and people are not stupid. I don't have to say, wow, this is a 30% increase. Or I could say this is a 30% increase. No, let people make that interpretation. What was funny, Casey, is if you go back and listen to my first 15 podcasts, they are so, they're great interviews, but they're so painful because I would ask a question. I would answer my own question because I'm an analyst, and then I would redirect to the same question. And I didn't realize what I was doing until I, I started using a program called Descript, which um, just takes audio and translates it into basically a, a Word document. And I would, <laughs> and then you could edit the Word document and, and whatnot. And so I would see myself, and my questions would be a paragraph and a half long. It's like mm. this is nuts. I'm stepping on these good lines, and and so then you know, seeing how terrible I was asking questions. And realizing the better questions are, you know, hey, so tell me about your story. To an entrepreneur, I mean, that's everything. Just get out of the way. Ask that one question, get out of the way, and let them answer it. Um, and 80% of those folks are just going to hit that one out of the park. Um, it's usually yeah. it's usually got to bring them in as opposed to to, to ramp them up. There have been a, been a few where they – and I've always pre-briefed them. I said, listen, my first question is tell me, tell me about yourself and tell me about your company and the problem you're trying to solve. So those, those are basically three questions which, which should lead them through a nice a nice discussion. Um, Do you ask all three of those at once? or those Yeah. Well, I, I queue them up I, and ahead of time. That's the one question I always give them. Hey, listen, um, my deal is I, I let them do their own introduction. A couple of reasons. Why? Because a bunch of people have names I couldn't even begin to pronounce. So that saves me that embarrassment of sort of crushing somebody's name. And two, um, I, let's see, I've probably done, I don't know, a couple hundred formal presentations at conferences or whatnot. And the way that always has worked is somebody at a conference is a vendor's pain to be the, the person to introduce the speaker. You know, that's kind of a, you know, a slot or whatever. And you'd get up and listen to read, read your bio. And, oh, it's so painful because they're reading it and there's no energy there. And, and they're also, it's also too long. And so I've, I just thought, you know what, why don't, instead of, me now, now you do it. That's your thing, and it really worked out great. It was fun. As a matter of fact, I'm going to grab that um, yeah, and use you. that going forward. Um, but I just let them tell their story, and so I just team up. You know, introduce yourself. Uh, you know what what you're doing. You're an entrepreneur, and then what problem you're trying to solve. So I just cue that up, and so because those all three of those questions should should really just be a nice three or four minute uh, dissertation about what they are. Who? Hey. Got it. You know, I used to, I used to uh, be at uh, XYZ company, had this idea, you know, we launched this company and then it just leads in as opposed to, um, but I just want to make sure all three of those get answered in a nice, tight, clean package. Got it. So I, I totally get that because you're, you're saying, look, when in doubt, ask a single question and shut up. Shut up. And then if you're going to ask something more complex, it sounds like you're prepping them in advance saying, yes. this is the way I want it to go. This is a rough flow of the show. Yep. It's three parts of the question, so don't get confused. But yeah. here's the three things I want you to address, so that you so that you can then ask a complex question on the show, and then you don't have to explain yourself because exactly. they know. And the other thing is, it, it's cool. really, I mean, it's a classic elevator pitch. And right, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you've got, to, I mean, you got to be spring loaded. Th- you know, two or three minutes. Who you know, who you are, what you're trying to, what your company is, and what you're trying to solve. I mean, so it's it's literally just asking the question. They should dial in. 
which is which also tells me a lot as an analyst. Okay, where are they in their in their evolution as, as an organization? Because if they can't do that immediately, if they don't do that well, and and there's been times where I've you know because these are these are you know I I want to do it on a show. I want to present companies, but I'm also not you know, the old Mike Wallace, I'm not trying to trip somebody up and go, ah, see, you're not, you know, no, why, why <laughs> would I do that? I want to help them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there've been a few times where we've done it and man, it just wasn't really great. And I, you know, I just, cause we're not, we're not, we're not live streaming. So I just stop and say, Hey, you know, you tell your own story, but here's how what I'm hearing. And they go, Oh, I didn't realize that. And it's cause they're, they're smart people, but they're not necessarily media people. And so you know, it's like, that's such an easy value add for me to say, you know, kind of think through what you're saying here and here's how, what I'm hearing it, but here's what really w- would be stronger point. Cause this is a really strong point, by the way, you got really hogtied into the weeds here. You know, I, I get your, and they're usually engineers or they're usually now they're AI folks. I mean, they're, you know, they're 10,000 times smarter than I am, yeah. but then they get lost in their brain power. And it's like, Hey, take it down to the normal human being. Who's just trying to understand how your thing would work. And so it just, it's, you know, it could be a little bit educational and that's, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm down with that. That's, that's my job. So. Let's talk about those single sentence questions. You've got the complex ones where you're prepping them in advance. It, it, you saw your words and, or you heard yourself and saw your words and you thought this is too long of a question. Even right now I'm pondering my question. <laughs> Do you prep your questions in advance? Well, it, so it depends. Um, I've always, I mean, I've always, as an analyst, I mean, you know, I, I've briefed with the biggest companies on the planet, big, I mean, literally the biggest companies on the planet. Actually, when it, my Gartner days, those were exclusive, not exclusively, but those were the people that had access to me. So, so, um, shockingly, Walmart? um, well, more in the tech side. So tech IBM, oh, yeah, yeah. Oracle, SAP, JDA, Microsoft, I mean, just go to every right. single one of those folks. Cause I, I covered the retail industry. And so the, so the, so the vendors that, that use their technology in the process of retailing, which by the way, is everyone, Intel. I mean, right. everyone, everyone, because it's a $4 trillion industry in the US. So it's every yeah. tech player on the planet is either building a point of sale device or their, you know, their cloud, or I mean, it's it's everyone. So those who were, you know, my, I, sp- I talked to retailers, but my focus primarily was under- trying to understand the, the retail, the, the vendor selling the retail sector. So those guys aren't really going to jump on a call if you don't know, if they don't know what you're looking for. And as an analyst, I don't want to be on a call if with them sort of flailing around. So I would have, it really, in those days, it wasn't a script, but it was an outline. So I want to know, you know, who you are as a company. And obviously that's, you know, Microsoft. Okay. I get who you are, but you know, what solutions are you talking about? Really important. If you're talking to like a Microsoft or an Oracle, are you talking about their supply chain, CRM, whatever? So, so in my outline, I would, I would want to know, okay, what solutions are we talking about? Um, you know, I'd want to know their their alliance strategy, who they're who they're partnering with, uh, who are the key executives. Revenue was a big one in, in in the old days. I don't care about that now, but I mean, you know, if you're building a market forecast, you do it two ways: what are retailers spending tech on, but also what are re, you know what re, what are vendors where where are vendors revenues, and so you can get it both ways. And so I I would just have this list. It's all prepped, like you have like pages of prep. Behind. Yeah, no, it's well, it's it's believe it or not, it's only a, my my interview outline is. Or, or, or agenda is really only one page, but I one mean, page. if you looked at that, I mean, I've had friends that size you know, ten print, font, <laughs> but yeah, they, they well, it did, but I mean, uh, uh, so one question: uh, tell me your retail strategy. Okay, that's that's one sentence. That's that's a dissertation. I mean, that yeah. could be the answer to that could be fifty pages. So so I going in, I I'm asking 
one page of questions and people look at that and go, oh my God, I'm going to spend the next three months answering that. And the point I'd always push back is, well, one, you shouldn't be spending three months that because this is stuff you should have spring loaded like that. Um, and two, if it, you know, you're getting paid as to be an analyst, you know, an analyst, uh, uh, uh director of analyst relations. So anyway, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would laugh and, and, and it, vendors, vendors, various vendors would give me, you know, iterations for that. But if you're asking me what I want in a vendor briefing, it's, I want everything and you decide oh. how much you're going to give. So I took that. I, so that's sort of been yeah. my, my, my mentality. Cause that's how I, I spent, you know, my entire career. So as when I popped into the podcast world, um, it just was sort of logical. If I'm talking to a, if I'm talking to a startup, I'm assuming they're not necessarily always media skilled and they probably have, depending on where they are in their evolution, they, they probably might not even have professional advice. So I'm giving them a script, but it's a straightforward script. Who are you are? Who are you as an executive? What's your background? What's your company? What problem you're solving for, you know, those four iterations. Uh, and that should walk them through, you know, a, a complete, um, understanding of who they are. And what I want them to understand is you got to be able to operate in two levels. I mean, you got to get be able to down in the weeds with the engineers, but I'm telling you, there's not a CEO on the planet that wants to hear, you know, 50 minutes on your cloud strategy and how fast your upload or download speeds are. They don't care. They want to know the strategy side. And that's always been my interest is, is the strategy side. So, so sometimes I have to sort of pull them up higher and get them out of the weeds. Um, and, and other times maybe, you know, Whatever, but it's it gives me a lot of insight, and in my audience is the innovation ecosystem inside retail. So those are those are CIOs, those are are marketing people. It, it's just a just a whole iteration, and it's much more interesting to hear the strategy side than you know getting down into the speeds and feeds sort of stuff. And I have clients that 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 are you know uh, I won't call them out, but you can just imagine. I mean, they're super technical. They're the nuts and bolts of a computer. I'm not gonna. I uh, they're they're my <laughs> friends, so I don't want to get flamed. But I mean, it's like, dude, I literally could care less the speed of of the processor you're building. I could care less about that. I know it's painful, but I don't care. And if I don't care, the CEO of a retailer probably doesn't care. So so talk to speeds and feeds where it's appropriate, but more interesting to give the high level strategy of what you're trying to accomplish. Do you, do you tend to see any trends around the, the level someone is in a company and to how tactical they might answer questions? No, it's funny. So it, um, um, trends, uh, it, I, I think the trend more is, is how media exposed they are or how, how much, how, how often they've worked with analysts. And I could tell that within 10 seconds of somebody talking, sure. um, some, there are executives who run billions of dollars of business in, in the retail space. And they are absolutely it, people I've known for, for 20 years. And I mean, it's the way I've always described the analyst job versus the the vendor executive job is remember that old cartoon when we were, oh, you're young, far younger than I am, but the sheepdog and the wolf, uh, not Wally Coyote, but where they sort of go at each other, you know, the sheepdog's trying to defend the sheep from the wolf and the the whole cartoon's just slapstick, you know, whatever. And when, if you remember the, one of the seeds where they get done at the end of the day, they both check out and they go, Hey, see, see your friends. So it's, in other words, they're friends. I have seen that. Yeah. That is exactly the perfect scenario for, for what, what a perfect analyst vendor relationship should be inside the, inside the conversation. It's not adversarial, but it, it, 
it, it needs the analyst, if he's doing the job right, needs to push back and try to understand because in theory, the analyst is talking to also end users. And so you're, you know, I, I've never wanted to be, you know, like, ah, but I did want to like, hey, I know that's not true because I, by the way, I've talked to everybody in the industry. And so I've, I had three people that used to work for you six months ago that I've, I'm talking to now. So I know that's not true. So have you said that on a podcast? 100%. Oh, not, oh, not on the air. It's it's not on the air because I'm not talking to that level of executive. Oh, um, I kind of wish anymore. you would. It sounds really fun. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I I would uh, I would uh, my car might blow up the next day. I mean, That's when I used true. to describe my work um, back in my Gartner and IHL days, I I sort of you know maybe it's not the best example anymore, but I sort of described it as a CIA guy. Um, if you knew what I was doing, I probably did, was doing my job wrong. In other words, I'm talking privately, so I'm talking to the vendor. Um, and then I'm also talking to end users about how, how to absorb technology. So I'm not, I was never in this scenario where I needed to go out and be, you know, uh, uh, controversial. I, I didn't have to, I, why I had everyone coming to me. So my work was always done quietly. Um, on, so that's not necessarily the best setup for the podcast world because, right. Uh, but then again, I'm not talking to the big players anymore because I'm not interested in that. Um, yeah, I'm, you I'm don't need to start, three I, million I people listening because yeah. A- so I just want to talk to the yeah. the startups, and then they're a whole different deal where they are trying to make noise, and they're you know. And so what I'm also finding is I'm getting a lot better insight into the evolution, uh, the the uh, innovation world because the startup folks are literally innovating technology and are very comfortable talking about them. And the big big deal is retailers that are involved in the. Uh, in the innovation cycle also want to talk, which is yeah. radically different behavior than, than um, retailers kind of using, you know, classic technologies where everything is a competitive advantage. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tell people um, about this vendor because we think we've, we're doing something different. Um, it, truth, nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. The, the retail industry has made their technology acquisitions far more expensive by making everything so, so we're doing something so special. No, you're not. I, I'm telling you, you're not. For the most part, you're not. Um, very few other industries are, are quite as, as insular as retail is. And it's made technology absorption a lot more expensive in my mind. I, I love the comparison between the role of analyst and podcaster. It sounds like there's yeah. so many similarities, the investigative side to it. Yeah. What, what are the differences? What are the things that you've had to change and rewrite? In well, your mind? the whole point about, you know, as an analyst, you know, when I was playing at the level I was playing at, which was, you know, pretty, pretty high. Um, if my work was private, <laughs> you know, I yeah. was talking to a retailer thinking about using this, this vendor, or I was talking to a vendor who was trying to pitch me to make sure I understood, you know, so everything I it was, I didn't do my work in, in the headlines. Yeah. Um, it was private and that was how it was supposed to do. Uh, well, obviously podcaster is the exact opposite of that. You have yeah. to find, you have to find people that want to tell a compelling story that you think is important for other people to hear. And so it's, it's the same level of investigative research and you got to have your BS meter like on high and you got to be listening for jargon and you got to be listening for, uh, I don't buy that. I, or, or you're, you know, you're, uh, come on. I mean, yeah. you know, I know, you know, you know, I know what you're saying. is not right. The bullshit meter is still. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say that, but it is, that's exactly the right okay, word. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's so it's it's the same foundational work, but it's it's a different gig. Um, and the other thing I think as a podcaster, it kind of goes back to my my hypothesis is you got to ask one question and shut up. Um, what I found, what I found really worked well for me inside my analyst relationship is 
and it, I, don't see I guess I can say it. It's been long enough now. Um, I, I got pretty good scores in my, in my Gartner days for doing inquiry. And um, I was asked to kind of listen in some other analysts who weren't really getting good scores. And it was funny because I'm not the smartest guy. I went to, you know, California State University at Chico. I put myself through school. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of, you know, simple old cowboy riding the fence. And um, <laughs> I, got, I got to listen to some people from some really big schools. And what I found was, th- you know, a person would call in with a problem and have a conversation and the analyst would talk 60, 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you listen to me, because again, I'm, you know, I'm a simple, you know, simple old cowboy. Um, I'm not smart enough to talk a lot, but I listened. And what I found was a pattern that people would call in with a question for an inquiry. And it was never really the real question they wanted. There was always a cover. And so if I was just shut up, I shut again, shut up um, and listen. So, okay, tell me about your problem. And then you, you go on and on and on. They would go on and on and on. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, how, have you thought about this? A lot of times people would be bringing their entire team in for an inquiry and somebody had a hidden agenda or wanted an outside person to either confirm or push back on something. You don't, if you're talking, if you're saying, oh, I'm so smart, I went to, you know, Harvard or Yale or, you know, any one of the other places, let me tell you what I think. You're not even listening to what they want. Again, shut up, ask a question and then shut up and listen and then respond as opposed to giving a, you know, giving a dissertation. And so um, that I think is a challenge if you're a podcaster, if you want to talk more than you want to listen, or you don't have the right guest. Now, if you're doing a monologue, you have to talk. That's fine. Okay. But I don't want to do that. I want to bring in my whole gig is I want to bring in, uh, I want to bring the voice of, of the entrepreneur in. Cause I think, I think we're getting almost away from that in this country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I grew up, I mean, you know, I grew up in the in the eighties, and we we you know, entrepreneurs were the way to go. Silicon Valley was all built on entrepreneurs. Every yeah. single every single company out here started with somebody with a vision, and some of those people are within my lifetime. Google was with Google was within my career. I, I remember mean, pre Google. I remember Alta Vista. Absolutely, absolutely. Ask Jeeves. Absolutely, yes. multiple search Absolutely. Engines. I mean, yeah. my, in my career as an analyst, I watched some of the biggest players get launched. Still pains me because I couldn't buy any stock because at that time, I, you know, you couldn't yeah. own any. So I want you. You knew. I, I had a colleague that that said, uh, you know, this company's about to launch in Mountain View. It's going to make housing so much more expensive. That company was Google. Wow. So we knew it. I, I couldn't even buy their stock because, you know, because I, I, they, they, they were either a potential client or certainly were a client or had impact in retail. So that was our <laughs> model. And you so taking that paycheck and invested oh, it then. <laughs> oh, don't even. I mean, come on. It's Microsoft. It's it's Apple. I mean, I remember looking at Apple when the Apple stock was in the, you know, in the, and we thought they were dead. And oh, my goodness. You know, let me let me go. Let me put 500 bucks into that stock and and. You and I might not be talking right now, or you might be talking to me from my my, my private yacht. I was going to say but- maybe you invited me out to your <laughs> island, and we're sitting in the beach house doing this podcast interview. Yeah, that would but be. We're cool. talking but- about Hawaiian shirts and not about exactly. something else. <laughs> Exactly. You might but still all, be podcasting, though. I think you'd still yeah. find your way into no, it. No, I tell you, you, you got, and that's the other thing. I think if you want to be a good podcaster, you have to have the passion of to to want to tell a story or do something. There's there's some there's some some motivation inside you that has to get out. And that's, what's kind of interesting. You know, my, my question, 
I, I hear you hundred percent on the shut up, the, the listening. And what an interesting example about the analysts who didn't listen, who talked too much. And you mentioned at some point you respond. Do you, do you find it challenging? Are you ever tempted to respond like an analyst and take over the show with, with all this knowledge you've accumulated? No. And no? you know why? Because yeah, one piece of technology called Descript, which is again, this, I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm just telling you it's a game changer. It basically, you know, if we, if we took this, if we took this video and dropped it into script, it would transcribe, you know, using AI, it would transcribe our conversation and you could, and then you can, cause it, it'll identify voices. So, you know, it, you know, it'll, it'll ask, okay, this voice, you know, it's Casey, this voice is roster and boom. And then all of a sudden, and then you can highlight that text. And all of a sudden you, you see if, if I'm dominating 70% of the show or 60% of the show, it ain't a good show. So that's the thing that, you know, I know, I know in the back of my head, I'm going to have to look at that and I'm going to have to read me asking a question, then answering my own question, then looping back and then kind of putting a, you know, and it's, it's the most painful thing in the world. When you see that, it's like, oh, shut up. And that was a game changer for me. So you have that feedback loop, but, but what about, I mean, you even mentioned like, and then you respond as an analyst, you listen for a long time, but then they're paying you to tell them what the truth is. Is is it just it's different on a podcast because you don't yeah. get to say the truth? I mean, I experienced yeah, well, this too, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you you do get to say the truth. It, it well, it depends on what you're doing in a podcast. So, in it, it, with this week in innovation, I'm talking to the startup world, or I'm talking to a a, a entrepreneur. So, um, if he says, "Hey, what do you think of my solution?" I'm going to give the answer. Guess yeah. what? Nobody's stupid enough to do that. <laughs> There's no way they're going to do that. Um, you know, so I encourage so, people on prep calls to ask me questions because I'm like, please, someone, yeah, ask me so, a question. So, like two, two or three of the pods where where that rule of me just asking a question, shutting up, are out the window. That was when I did with my friend Greg Busick, who's who's a fellow analyst, and I I have a series right now that I'm 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 um, dropping called uh, Run Up to NRF. Um, and what that is, NRF is National Retail Federation. It's a big show. It's a massive show in retail. Um, it's in January. So cool. um, I'm asking analysts, you know, what are the mistakes you see vendors or, or startups make? And, and um, analysts, AR people, PR people, other uh, retailers. Just so, so the startup community, because we see the same mistakes every yeah. single time. Yeah. You know, hey, how do I get in your writing? Hey, well, don't worry about getting my writing. Tell me your story first. Yeah. I mean, it's so insulting. I mean, it's um, there's an example I won't use because it's inappropriate. But I mean, it, <laughs> it's given me some vision as to how other some people think when when they interact. Don't don't immediately try to. Hey, I want to get in. How do I get in your writing? Stop it. Tell me your story and then, and then also do it cleanly and tightly and like all these sort of things. And so I'm just, so when I had Greg come on, you know, we're both analysts and we're both, you know, in, any one of us can just dominate a conversation if we wanted to. So that was one, that was the only time, cause I'd ask a question, what's a mistake a typical startup would make? And Greg would give me his answer. Then I would, you know, I would just add on my thoughts onto it. So it's the only conversation where I knew going in, it's going to be at least 50, 50. And then I think in that it probably was pretty close to 50, 50, cause we're both answering. I'm asking a question. We both could answer and we've both worked together forever. I actually worked for him right after Gardner for a few years. So that was the only case where I had, and out a lot to add. Um, and then when I did um, 
when I did a, uh, another run up, well, another part of the run up series, um, I, I spoke with a friend that was analyst relations person. So I would ask her, you know, how, would, how do you, you know, prep your, your clients for that engagement? Then she, I mean, cause she's also a podcaster and she asked me, so what do you think, Jeff? And so she yeah. would team me back up. And so in that case, it was super appropriate to really, um, have those conversations almost be 50, 50 with people that really, that wanted to, wanted to answer their question, but also wanted to see how the analysts would respond to their answer. And, and it was really a cool conversation. But if I'm talking to a startup, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be dominant. It, it, that's not going to be a good interview if I'm, if I'm talking too much. I wonder if it's something where you know, they, they are the, your voice, you know, the, the guests you have on, you curate and you explore, they're almost speaking for you. Which can be great if they're saying the right things, which could be a little frustrating if they're yeah. they're not. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, one of those topics is is kind of hot and bo- hot right now the the term metaverse, and it's a term that is kind of spring loaded. Matter of fact, as late as about yes, it minutes, is <laughs> ten minutes before this interview, I was in exchange with a, a a super secret exchange with a bunch of fellow analysts, all from different firms, and and. Uh, some just have a super negative view of the term metaverse. Um, I'm a multi-engine pilot. I have trained in simulators. I wow. know all about augmented reality. Um, we've been using it in aviation for 20 years. M- the metaverse is a terrible term. Uh, the term I like is 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 a friend of mine coined, um, or I don't know if he coined it, but he, he's popularized. And I'm, I'm on the train called uh, immersive commerce. So in other words, instead of talking about, my, uh, I won't say Sounds name, way better. I won't say the name, but uh, let's just say a very large software or a very large social media platform has really gone all in in the metaverse and probably have done more to sort of muddle, muddle the whole thing. Yeah, but is, it, is this particular platform the one that spent more than the Apollo moon landing <laughs> yeah. mission to uh, create the metaverse? Uh, put it this way: I'm out in Silicon Valley. I could probably throw a rock and hit that company. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to rally rally up young billionaires who you know who probably are feeling a little bit. Um, a little bit uh, tender right now. They'll but send the assassins to your house, right? I don't. But um, if if some of those people would actually have talked to people that have a little bit of gray hair and say, "Hey, how should we phrase this? Hey, how about not try to dominate something that's uh, happening happening naturally?" And the, but the point is, is that there's plenty of examples of retailers using augmented reality. Um, plenty of examples of retailers now starting to use Roblox, which is a company I didn't even know about because my kids are 25. They grew up way before that whole that whole thing. All of a sudden, a, a, about a year and a half ago, I started hearing about this company yeah. and I looked at it. I couldn't believe the market cap. And like, what do they do? They play games. Well, there are retailers, uh, a small one called Walmart is public about it. And they're using that Roblox platform to create games that are drawing people in. There's even better examples. They're not public yet. I wish I could, um, but it blows up the whole idea that the that the metaverse is really boy centric. Um, it's it's going to go across, you know, boy, girl, you know, whatever, however you identify, whatever. Um, and so there's plenty of examples of pieces of metaverse technology that are, are being massively adopted. Mm-hmm. So the, some of my analyst friends are like, oh, or, oh, metaverse, this is stupid because they're thinking about it from that one particular so, uh, social media platform who's created this insane thing. But there's right. a lot of real technology there. And so the concept of immersive commerce is just how do we do something different? Um, live streaming would be an example of immersive commerce. Well, live stream is also kind of a metaverse technology. Um, I, I can find plenty of examples in North America now. Now, China, it's a done deal. There's no question. The numbers on the numbers that retailers generate on on live streaming, it's 
billion, many billions of dollars. It's a done deal in China. Um, here in the U.S., there's really interesting examples. Uh, we're probably at least five to six years behind um, what China's doing for for some of their some of their uh, live streaming capabilities. But we're I don't know if we're going to catch up. It doesn't matter. There's examples. There's really good examples of these companies using pieces of this technology. So um, my old company, Gartner, has has identified Metaverse as one of their top strategic initiatives for 2023. I don't like the term Metaverse because I know it has negative energies, um, but yeah. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm just looking at adoption of technology and wanting to make sure I'm understanding how things are evolving. And as a guy that's trying to, you know, try to get carbs out of my diet, I, I want the, I, I will buy the goggles where I can walk into a store and say, okay, anything that has, you know, carbs above this level, like blot it out. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't want to see it or highlight stuff that I do. I mean, some, some simple piece of technology like that, I'm just waiting for somebody to embrace so I can just go through and just, you know, easily get the stuff that I need, that I want. That's one simple example of how immersive commerce or metaverse technologies will, will really re- radically impact how what retail is going to do. Live streaming. Um, you're probably a media guy. Well, you are a media guy. Um, B&H Photo. Do you know who those folks are? No. Okay. So B&H Photo. So you're a photo guy. I'm a photo guy. B&H Photo is the greatest Photoshop left it probably in America. Um, they're downtown New York City. Uh, B&H Photo. Uh, just... Every, I mean, it is a photographer's dream. Now, obviously, they're big into microphones and all this stuff, all this, you know, all the stuff that we use for this process. Um, so, so their salespeople, it's a, it's a superstore, it's a retail store, but their salespeople are super knowledgeable, um, really experts. I mean, they're all photographers, experts. So, if you're buying a piece of camera equipment, high end camera equipment, I mean, you're going to PH Photo. Well, mm. somebody said, why don't we just, Take one of these webcams, these $50 webcams we have and plug it in and let people um, talk, you know, because I was, I mean, I, I, I bought, don't tell my wife, but I had bought multiple thousand dollar camera lenses by texting back and forth in a live chat sort of a thing. And it'll work great because I'm in Silicon Valley. I'm not going to fly 2000 miles to, you know, to go to their store. I'd love to, but it, it's not. Well, somebody said, why don't we just plug in a mic, you know, plug in a microphone and a $50 webcam. And all of a sudden, instead of texting back and forth, now I'm having this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's the simplest thing on the planet. I need is it's that's live streaming. So um, wow. if you're a retailer and you have high-end, high quality people, why in the world would you not bring in that it's that's a metaverse technology or it's immersive commerce technology. So that's how a term that is kind of like, you know, some people, Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to put a headset on and, you know, climb into some alternate reality. Well, how about we just use the technology that works? Um, And so that's, you know, that's where the gig as an analyst, sometimes, you know, you bump into that and you see, um, you see, you know, pushback on something crazy, but, you know, but you got to see adoption. So you have to make that decision. Um, where do I stand on something? So do I yeah. kind of go with the cool kids and say, "Oh, this is stupid," or do I say, "No, this is nonsense. This is don't let you know you you can see this adoption of all these various things over here." Another term that was really popular in retail about five years ago, about four years ago before COVID, was the retail apocalypse. And this is the idea that retail was imploding, um, and it was nonsense. It was really actually it just was silly. It was clickbait that that poor poor journalists that just wanted to make noise would use because they would get downloads. Well, 
we did at IHL, we did a lot of work and shockingly, now this is before COVID. Now COVID was a retail apocalypse. It had nothing to do. It had to do with shutting stores down for, for six months, some stores, not, not all, not all stores. Um, and having people get afraid to even go into a physical store. So that was a different deal, but this was before. And what we found out was no, there were more stores opening than closing. And the majority of the stores that were closing were tended to be department stores who had literally mm-hmm. run out of customers. Right. Um, I won't say which department stores, but um, those of us in the, in the know, you know, it rhymes with cheers and it rhymes with, well, that, uh, yeah. Okay. I could say that that's easy. Different places. Uh, t- well, one I, the wanted, right, well, I'll say I want to ask you though, like it, it things are, things are definitely changing. And, and you know, you mentioned passion is a thing and I feel the passion from you. And so I can, it's almost like that's this underlying value and flavor, you know, the difference between like just, you know, a dish and something that you got from a Michelin restaurant or a fine chef is that, that passion. I can, I can sense that from you yeah. for your podcasting. Uh, so on the flip side of that passion and excitement, and what are the challenges? What are the challenges you're facing? With podcasting, uh, um, knowledge and how to do it. So, yeah. um, I'm you know I'm a I'm right on the edge of a boomer or or Gen X right right in that you know so I'm, I'm uh, I, it's more fun to be Gen X than as boomer because boomers I forget it. So any in other words, Sounds I went to college too. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went to college with a typewriter. Okay, a typewriter. Wow. <laughs> and and by the way, I graduated with that same typewriter. So in my career. I have gone from writing papers with typewriter and losing a full letter grade if you made one spelling mistake to what we're doing now. So having to absorb, having to first of all see that there's some there's a there's some different way of of going to market. And when I started my my analyst career at Gartner, I mean, we obviously none of this existed. So if you right. wanted to get out in the in the you know in the conversation, you did it through ex- existing publications, and so you had to develop relationships with reporters and and you know you obviously had your own you had your own Gartner ecosystem, which was huge. Um, no, you know, but if you wanted to get outside, you know, you had to do that. Well, we don't have to do that anymore. I, yeah. I you know, I work with all the all the trade press because they're all my friends, and or at least most of them are, and um, and I like it. But now I can go straight to, you know, I just it's not Kevin, straight. right? Kevin's <laughs> annoying as hell. That guy. <laughs> There's a few that are a little bit annoying. He's like the but worst. Um, now we, so, so the point is, how do you, how do you do this? Yeah. And um, for me, my, my launch was, was clubhouse. Um, I got on clubhouse because I was listening to a Tim Dillon rant. I don't know if you, if you follow him. He's a, he's sure. a very funny comedian, uh, the ledgy. Um, and he started talking about this crazy thing and it was the funniest little bit he did. And I, I just went on and didn't even know what, I didn't even know what social audio was. I, you know, it, back then you had to, you had to get asked to be, or get an invite, to get yeah. an invite. So I, I put in my request, turned out one of my friends was already in, immediately got me in, um, started kind of figuring out, you know, okay, this is a different, this is a different format. You have to be a little bit edgy. You have to have something to yeah. say. Um, and then another one of my friends was already doing some some retail stuff uh, in a room and said, "Hey Jeff, why don't you jump on, up on stage with us?" And so you started learning the cadence of 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 how to engage and what you know what's not, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and so I sort of developed the, the bit of my voice or trained my voice um, in club, and then it just I mean it's, it's just such a logical evolution if you want to you know, why in the world would you just do something live? I mean, it's yeah. re- record once, publish, you know, many times. That, that's actually right. the old Gartner models, write once, publish, you know, forever. 
Um, and so that logical evolution now, okay, now what does that mean? Well, now you got to think about things like microphones and headsets and all that lighting behind you and, you know, how to, how to, uh, how to, you know, what technologies you use. I mean, it's like the, it's like the, I mean, it's like going to a PhD, going after a PhD, learning all the, if you're not a social, if you're not an, an, in, you know, an audio engineer person. So right. just the knowledge, um, everything else falls into place, but once you know how to do it, um, and then you have to, then you have to have the guts to, to hit publish that first time. Yeah. Cause you're putting it out, put there. it out there. Right. So, well, I, you know, if, kind of a final question for you that, that talks to that, putting it out there. Um, if we were to chat in 50 episodes, say like roughly a year's worth of podcasting, if it's a weekly, what do you, would you want your show to look like 50 episodes from now? A thousand downloads, a thousand downloads. <laughs> That's I, I, I like, I like what I'm doing. I like the energy. Um, I like the fact that people talk to me in, um, in, in the startup world, um, when I go to conferences now, um, I like the fact that, that people are, that I can, I can, um, platform people that have something to say. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that I can cheerlead on, um, cheerlead on strategies or trends, um, that I like. And I, I'm, I'm happy to like the whole thing with the metaverse thing is like, okay, there's real technology here. Let's, let's focus on the real technology. Let's get away from whatever. So that I love. Um, but I'd just like to have a bigger voice and that's the only thing I'd, you know, cause it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a drug. Yeah. I mean, when you see those numbers come in and you can't do that, you cannot focus. Like in my case, my, I couldn't have a tighter, smaller, um, space to operate in. If I tried the yeah. startup world in the retail sector and retail executives worrying about innovation. Right. I mean, that very is a very, very unique, a little yes. group of, of fraternity passionate group, but, you know, we're not going to be driving, you know, 10,000 downloads at least yet. Right. Um, and, and that's by design because that's a space I want to be in. That's a space that I want to cover now in this part of my career. And I'm having the time of my life talking to these startups, but you know, so if, if I, so, yeah. And just, and just dialing in on video. Cause that's the whole, this is a, it's a whole new cat. I mean, yes. audio, I thought audio was a challenge. Well, video <laughs> takes that times a thousand. So it that's really where does. that's where we're in the process of sort of evolving to to video and having that as a as a second solution or a second gotcha. offering. Okay. Man, so cool. Thank you so much for coming on here, man. Jeff, you you have just schooled me and it's been so much fun hearing your passion and not only the challenges but the the, the strategies of asking a good question and shutting up. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on here. Yeah, my pleasure. For those listening, if you learned something, and I know you did, because I literally have a page of notes over here, then share this episode with someone else, right? You, if you got good information, get this good information in other people's hands. One person, three people, 9,424 people, whatever the number is, that's thought leadership, getting good information into other people's hands. And with that, Jeff, thank you again, sir. This has been an honor. My pleasure. What a great conversation. All right, everyone. This has been an amazing episode of creating the greatest show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends. Whatever you do, do it with all your might. 
work at it if necessary early and late in season and out of season not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour that which can be done just as well now pt barnum